It's an honor to be with you guys this morning. I love to share God's word. Um, last time I spoke in November, someone asked me if I was even 20. So I decided to tuck in my shirt today to add a couple of years to make me look a little bit older. I hope it's working. That's what older people do, right? It's going to be a good morning. Um, would you guys pray with me? Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are, Lord, that you have washed away our sins and your blood covers us today, God. And I pray in the few brief moments that we get to share together this morning, that you would come and make your word come alive to us, God, that it would have the power to change our hearts, that we would leave different people. We love you so much, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. A couple of months ago, I had some appliances delivered to my house, and the guy who was installing the refrigerator asked me to turn off the water. And I was like, yeah, of course I can turn off the water. And then I turned around and I was like, oh no, I have no idea how to turn off the water. So I decided I was going to fake it until I make it. Guys in the room, you know what I'm talking about. We will not ask for help. I will figure this out on my own. So I go downstairs and I kind of see where the refrigerator would be. And I see a couple of pipes and knobs and I see a hose. And I figure it's probably this wire right here. So I turn it off. And I wait a second to see if anything bad is going to happen. And nothing bad happens. I'm like, all right, I think I did it. So I yell up to the guy. I was like, all right, the water should be off. And he's like, yeah, perfect. Thank you so much. Now, I was so proud of myself in this moment. And I'm going to be a little vulnerable with you guys this morning and tell you the exact thought that I had. And it was this. I could have been an astronaut. You know, there's nothing that I can't do. I was just so proud of myself. All I did was just turn a knob, and now suddenly I think I'm qualified to control a spaceship, right? I am just on cloud nine right now, just figuring this out. And then a couple of minutes pass, and he goes, all right, can you turn the water back on? Just check and see if the fridge is working. And so I go to turn the water back on, and as I do, water starts to shoot out of a pipe now. And it is not just water, but there is black water flying out of this pipe. And I have two immediate thoughts. My first thought is this guy must have done something wrong. He must have messed it up. It's his fault, right? And the second one is maybe there's just some excess water. It just needs to drain out, right? A couple of minutes pass, and there is just water pumping. It is not getting any better. And so I'm like, maybe I should turn this off. Probably a good idea, right? So I turn off the knob, and I take a step back, and I look. And there were two knobs that looked exactly the same, less than a foot away from each other, and I had turned the wrong knob, and I was so proud of myself, and now I got humbled really, really quick, but I thought I had things so figured out, and I think you and I sometimes feel like we have God so figured out in our lives. I remember being a college student, just on my way out of Bible school, thinking that I knew exactly who God was. I knew everything about him. I knew how he moved and how he worked in people's lives. And there were things and circumstances that happened in my life that led me to think that way. And you know what? Some of these circumstances are fighting to tell us who God is in our lives. And if you buy into them, and if you believe some of these things that are fighting to tell you who God is, it's going to distort your view of him. And it's going to do a lot of damage to your heart along the way. So let's talk about some of these things that are fighting to shape our view of God this morning. First one is our circumstances. About a month ago, I was in a hospital room with my grandfather, and he was supposed to get out that day. And the doctor came in about 2 o'clock in the afternoon and said to me, things have taken a turn for the worst. You need to make some decisions on how we're going to go forward with this. Basically telling me this was the end, and I needed to make a decision. I'm in a room with my grandfather all by myself, and he was supposed to be released that day. And in that moment, my circumstances were screaming at me that God had abandoned me in the middle of this, that he was nowhere to be found, that he had forgotten that he didn't care about me and my grandfather. 
And you know, some of you guys know what that's like to have those feelings come over you and distort who you think God is and what you hear every Sunday on this stage. And it can hurt so badly when you thought that God was a certain way and now your circumstances are telling you something completely different. Some of you guys are praying for something this morning and you have been waiting for an answer and the answer is not coming. So that circumstance is telling you that God doesn't hear you or that God doesn't care about you this morning. And that can really hurt when you're in the middle of suffering like that and there's no answer. So your circumstances would love to tell you who God is in your life. For some of you, it's at work. Work is just a mess right now. You're not sure how secure your job is. You're worried about what the future is gonna look like for you. Or maybe there's just a coworker who treats you just so terribly day in and day out and you can't help and look at God and say, God, do you even care about me? Do you see what I have to put up with every single day? Where are you in all of this? And then for some of you guys, it's just things at home. They are a mess today. You are always fighting with your children. You're worried about their future. And you're scared of how things could unfold. Or maybe it's in your marriage. Things are just really tough right now. Can't seem to see eye to eye on things today. And you're like, God, don't you even care about my marriage? Where are you? How come it is so difficult? Where are you in the middle of all these things that are coming and going in my life right now? And we can't help but listen to our circumstances sometime and let them tell us who God is in our lives. But here's what I wanna tell you guys this morning is that no book is one chapter long. Imagine if I gave you a book and I ripped out all the chapters besides chapter five. That wouldn't be a very good book. You wouldn't get the whole story and you couldn't be able to make a good um, explanation if that book was good or not. Yet you and I, we take one season in our life, one chapter in our story And we say that this is who God is. Because he acted this way in this season in my life, then this is who he must be. I've seen people go through some really tough things. And you know what? If they just would have held on to the next chapter or the next season, their breakthrough would have been there. And my heart for you this morning is that you wouldn't give up in the middle of your story. That you wouldn't say that this is who God must be and then give up. I've seen too many people do that. Your story is still being written. Don't let one chapter let, uh, define who God is in your life. Another thing that's fighting to tell you who God is in your life is your emotions. Your emotions would love to define who God is. Some of you guys have done something that you really regret, something that you wish that you could change. And your emotions tell you, and your feelings tell you that God doesn't want someone like you. He could never love someone like you? How dare you even come to church with the things that you've done recently or the choices that you have made in your life? See, our heart and our feelings can't be trusted. Yet some of us think that's the ultimate truth. If my heart's telling me it, it must be true. But that's why Jeremiah wrote that the heart is deceitfully wicked. And John wrote in 1 John that even if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. Your feelings can't be trusted. Your circumstances can't be trusted. You need to stand on something stronger because if you're going to make this journey as a Christian, life is gonna throw everything it's got at you and it would love to tell you who God is and you need something that you can stand on securely. 
one of the most important preachers in your life is you. You know, you probably listen to some awesome podcasts. Doug is an amazing communicator that you guys hear every weekend and week out. But Doug isn't there at midnight when all hell breaks free in your, in your life. And you're going to have to preach to your own heart in those moments and remind yourself of who God really is. And if you don't, you could have a distorted view from God. And I've seen so many people walk away from their faith because of this, even though they have heard things like this before. And this morning, we're going to look at a passage of scripture that is very familiar to a lot of you. It's a Psalm of David. And in this Psalm, he's reminding himself who God is. He's a little bit older in life. He's already been a king for a little while. So he's seen some of the things that life has to offer. I think he was trying to kickstart his heart, just like you and I need to do sometimes when life is throwing everything it's got at us. And so we're going to be in Psalm chapter 23. And this is what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, David compares us to sheep. And there's some things that you need to know about sheep. They aren't the most intelligent creatures in the entire world. They are slow, they have bad eyesight, and can't hear really well. Why would David compare us to sheep? Well, couldn't he pick something a little bit cooler? Like, why not a falcon or something? Like, why? Because he knew this relationship so well. Sheep are one of the only animals that constantly need watch over. They need a shepherd to take care of them. And that's the first thing, the first comparison that I see between our relationship and God and sheep and their shepherd is that you and I desperately need a shepherd. You know, sheep have no defense mechanism. If you were to attack a sheep, the best you're going to get is like a bah. Like that's it. It it can't go backwards. It can't do anything. It's kind of stuck. There's nothing it can do to protect itself. And you know, in the grand scheme of life, There's not much we can do when circumstances are out of our control. And we desperately need a shepherd sometimes to watch over, watch over us and look over us. The next thing is this, is that sheep easily wander and get lost. Sheep have been known while they're walking with the herd just to walk off and go right down a cliff or fall into a pit. See, something probably catches their eye. They're drawn by shiny things. Isn't that so true of you and I sometimes. A thing of this world catches our eye and the next thing we know we're in a pit and we're not even sure how we fell into that pit. And suddenly things in life get really complicated because we have wandered far from our shepherd. So that's another similarity that I see. The next one is this, is that sheep are easily scared and they need the comfort of a shepherd. See, sheep are known to be scared of their own shadows sometimes. They think they see things that aren't even really there sometimes. So true of us, right? We think when we worry about things that aren't even really going to ever affect us, but we let ourselves get so worked up by fear. Sheep need the comfort of a shepherd to know that he's watching over them. And you and I so badly need that as well. Let's look at this verse as a whole now. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That is so good. That almost preaches itself. You know, David is saying, because God is my shepherd, I have everything that I want. There is no other need that I could possibly have 
in this life because I have the shepherd. Some translations say this, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. So the opposite of modern day Christianity. For some of us today, it's just, God, I need you and this. I need God and the relationship, God and the new job, God and the new house, God and God and. Where are you at this morning? Is the Lord enough for you? Because he is. Stop wanting all these things that will never satisfy. I had this scripture up on my blackboard in my room, in my office, and I look at it every day. And I just have to remind my heart that I have everything that I need because God is watching over me and he is my shepherd. Let's look at this next verse. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Some of you guys, you are just so busy. You are always going, going, going. You're picking up the kids. You're going to this appointment. You're doing that. And your life is just chaotic. And I tell this to youth group kids all the time. The reason why we ask you to read your Bible, the reason why we tell you to read your Bible, is because we know that this is what the shepherd's presence is really like. We know that this is what Jesus' presence truly does to your heart. When you take the time in the middle of your crazy and busy day, and maybe even at a cost to other things, and you take time to open his word and spend some time with it, it's like he lays you down in a green pasture. It's like he leads you beside still waters. Your soul is refreshed in those moments. And you know what? Some of you are going to have to choose to let some things go. Calm down the busyness and spend some time with your shepherd. Because that is a real view of what your God wants to do in your heart, in your life. Matthew Henry said this. He said that God makes his saints to lie down. He gives them quiet and contentment in their own minds. Whatever their lot is, their souls dwell at ease in him. And that makes every pasture green. So he's saying that no matter what life gives you or no matter what life throws at you, You can find rest in the middle of it if you are close to your shepherd. He will give you peace in the craziest and the busiest of storms. It's so important that you take that time every single day to let your soul be refreshed and lie down in green pastures. Next verse. He restores my soul. Have you ever gone through something so difficult and so dark that you weren't sure you were gonna make it out on the other end, that maybe you thought you'd never smile again or you would never laugh again because of the thing that you were going through. Your soul felt like it was falling apart. I've been there before. I know how difficult and dark that is. And some of you are at that place today. You are just so broken by something that's happening in your life today. But you know what your shepherd does? He takes those moments of our lives when we think we're completely done, where everything is over, that the sun possibly can't come up again, he restores our souls in the middle of that. And he is specifically talking to sheep that have wandered. Those of us that have found ourselves in things that we shouldn't have gotten into, that we wandered far from the shepherd, that he comes and he seeks us and he finds us in the middle of the mess that we're in and he restores us. 
That is a true view of your God this morning. Not what your circumstances are saying. Not what your emotions are saying. That is what your shepherd is really like. Let's look at the next verse. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Some of you younger people in the room, you're so worried. You're so anxious about how your future is going to unfold. What college do I go to? What major do I choose? Who am I going to marry? What job should I pick? Some of you guys are worried about retirement. You're not sure how it's going to work, your finances. Here's what you need to know is that you are not just walking on your own. There is a shepherd that is leading you and guiding every choice that you make. Sheep don't strive. They trust the shepherd. He guides them through paths of righteousness. He'll get you on that path that you so badly want if you are a child of God this morning. He's not gonna leave you in the middle of it just to do anything that you want. He's watching over you. He's protecting you. Let your heart find peace and rest in that thought. And you know it's hard for us because we can't see it, but that's what faith is all about. It's being able to trust and stand on his word when we're not sure who we're being led to the right thing, but it's seeking him in the middle of that decision and saying, God, guide me. Some of you guys, he's leading you and he's turning you down different corners. He's got you this morning. And I love the second part of this. It's probably my favorite part of this little portion right here. It says, for his name's sake. See, I'm so glad it doesn't say for my sake, but for his name's sake. Because God is for God's glory first and foremost. If he wasn't, he wouldn't be God. And we can stand on this promise because he's not going to fail himself. He will not fail his word. And some of you just need to know that tonight, that he's not going to fail you. He's going to lead you to what you want in your future. And he'll guide you to it. Let's look at this next verse. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I had to go to Walmart the other day, and as I was walking in, I said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It got a little scary up in there. Um, but I love this verse, and I love what David has to say about it. Because our emotions would say something totally different to us this morning. Our emotions would say to us, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, And because you are walking through that valley, God doesn't care about you. He doesn't see you. He doesn't love you. He doesn't care about your future. Tons of different things that you are hearing from your circumstances because you are walking through the valley. Your emotions say that he's given up on you. He's walked out on you because you failed so many times. But I love what David says. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. When I was younger, I played in a Little League baseball team, and uh, all the kids knew each other really well because they grew up in the same town, and I went to Christian school, so I didn't know the kids as well, and they they were pretty good, but sometimes they would give me a hard time because I was a Christian, and I was just a young kid, so that would really make me upset, and they would give me just some grief for it, and I remember one day they were really picking on me really hard. It was a Friday, and I didn't want to go to practice the next day on Saturday, and I was just so upset. I can just picture it, and I remember it so well. But on Saturday, my dad took me to practice. See, he couldn't take me on Friday because he had work. But on Saturday, he came. And I remember walking to the field with him. And suddenly, I wasn't so scared of those kids anymore. See, the same threat was still there. And I got there, and they started to tease me. They remembered the things that they said on Friday. 
But I remembered that my dad was with me and he was watching over me and that he wouldn't let anything happen to me, that I was safe in his care. Some of you just need to know today that your dad sees you. He knows what you're going through and he will not leave you alone in the shadow. He's not gonna forget about you through this trial that you are going through today. He sees you and he's got you. See, sometimes we just have to go through valleys as we go from mountaintop to mountaintop. It's just part of life. But just the fact that God is with us should change everything, that he is watching over us. The next verse is this. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, a shepherd's staff were used for two things. And theologians argue if David is talking about two separate things because really the staff could be used to do all of these things. And so the hook part of it would be to pull sheep out of pits that they had fallen into. And then the other side of it would be used to discipline and sometimes break away attackers that would come after the sheep like we talked about before. Because sheep have no defense mechanism. There's nothing they can do. Find comfort in your God that he is all-powerful, that you can rest in his power today. He has ways of protecting you. See, because we're in the middle of it and we can't see this sometimes is when it really gets hard for us. But that's when faith kicks in again. It's standing on his word in those moments to know that he is way more powerful than whatever trial or whatever you're feeling or going through today. It is small compared to our God. But let's talk about that discipline part a little bit more because we love the part that the hook that pulls us out of pits and brings us close to Jesus but we don't like the discipline part so much. Have you ever seen that picture with Jesus with a sheep on its shoulders? My grandma used to have one in her house, so I can picture it really well. The truth is, is that he probably just broke the legs of that sheep, and that's the reason why it's on the shepherd's shoulder now. See, shepherds would break the legs of sheep when they would constantly wander away to teach them not to wander. And some of you guys have been through some discipline in your life, and it hurts. And it's not easy. But what you need to know is that when he breaks the legs of his sheep, he nurses them back to health. He takes care of their every need. And they become dependent, even more dependent than they already are on the shepherd. And there's new intimacy and closeness that comes from it. And when that sheep is healed, it doesn't wander again. In fact, it's one of the ones that stays closest to the shepherd at all times. Because it knows what it's like to be near the shepherd now. And you know what? Some of you guys feel really upset. You're angry with God because you feel like he's disciplining you or he has disciplined you in your life. Discipline is a sign that you're a legitimate child of God. And there's no reason why that you should run from it. See, as soon as God starts to discipline us or he puts someone in our life to bring some correction, we try to run from it. That's what a legitimate child does, right? Parents in the room. You discipline your children, not someone else's kids. Even if you're out to eat and you want to beat that kid, right? You don't because it's not your child, but you're God's child. And so if there's some discipline that's going on in your heart and your life today, that's okay. Don't try and fight it. Let him do what he wants to do because when he breaks our legs, it's normally for a reason to save us from a greater danger that we don't even see. But he sees it coming and that's the reason why he has done that. Next verse, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And I I want you guys to see this because normally I skip over this verse really quick. 
But lately, God has really been speaking to me about this verse because it sounds so weird. Why would God ever prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies? Why would he let our enemies be anywhere near us? So this is what you need to picture this morning, is that God has a seat right for you, right here at the table. And then he's sitting right here. And he puts out your favorite food, a total sign of provision and blessing in your life. And then he lets your enemies come in. What are some of your enemies this morning? For some of you, it's an actual person in your life, someone who is just giving you such a hard time, trying to ruin your life in every way. He lets that person come into the presence of this feast that's happening. For some of you guys, there is a legit battle going on in your life. You're trying to fight an addiction, a struggle that you know is wrong and you've given to God and you're broken over your sin. But it seems like this thing just always keeps sneaking back into your life and you're fighting. He lets that thing come in. Some of you guys are just filled with fear and anxiety and worry today and you're not sure why this thing isn't going away. And he lets that come in. And what he's doing right now at this feast, this is just God showing off. This is God saying to you that, yeah, all these things may be in your presence and they haven't gone away the way that you wanted them to, but they can't do anything to you. Right in front of them, I'm gonna show off my glory and we're gonna feast and we're gonna see that your God is gonna carry you through this. It's nothing more than God just showing all these other things in your life that he's greater and he's more powerful and they don't get the final say, that he will have the victory in your life. The feast is the provision that's coming for some of you. And some of you are in the middle of a battle that's been going on a really long time. And you just needed to know that this morning, that your God prepares a table and that he will have the final victory in your heart and in your life today. Let's look at this next verse. You anoint my head with oil. Now this is also another sign of God giving his favor to his children. But a good shepherd, what he would do with his sheep is he would get down and rub oil all over the face of the sheep. See, there would be bugs that would fly up their nose and they would lay eggs and it would make the sheep go crazy. So it would suffer so badly that they would look for rocks to hit their heads against. And here the shepherd gets down and just rubs oil all over its face. See, the shepherd is protecting the sheep from things that it doesn't even know about. God is protecting you from things that you know about and things that you don't know about today. That is who your shepherd is. He sees things that could come, and that's how awesome he is. That is a true view of your God this morning. Not what your circumstances say, not what your emotions say, not what someone else has to say about God. This is who he really is in your life. He cares for the things that you can't even see yet. And he's unfolding things and working things in your life for his glory and his purpose. Next verse is this. My cup overflows. Now, in David's time, when there was a house guest, the host would keep filling up a cup, filling up their cup as long as they were welcome. And as soon as that cup stopped getting filled up, the guests would know it's time to leave. And David says, my cup overflows. And so it's just this picture that I'm always welcome in God's presence, that he just keeps filling it up and it is overflowing with mercy and goodness and kindness. And I could just sit in God's presence all day and it won't stop flowing. 
That's just who he is. Some of you need to know that this morning, that there's still more mercy, even if you've used a lot lately, even if your emotions are telling you God's forgiven you too many times, he just keeps pouring it out on you, and it overflows. You can't even contain how truly good and wonderful he is. And then the last part of the verse right here. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love this. David says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. So it's almost like if he was trying to get away, they would follow him. That's how good God's mercy is. It's following some of you today. Some of you have tried to get away from it, but God is still following you with his mercy, and he's still pouring it out on you. And then he says, when my days are over and I stop walking, then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, where there will be no more pain, where there will be no more sickness, where there will be no more tears, and our hearts will be made complete in his love. Love this portion of scripture. You know, like I said earlier, I was in that hospital room with my grandfather, and I was just beside myself. I I was just so upset, just questioning so many things. And I felt this portion of scripture come on my heart. And I started just to recite it over and over. And as I did, my outward circumstances didn't change. Things didn't get better right away. But I felt my heart start to change. And I remembered who God really was in my life. And that needs to be some of you right now and what you're going through today. You need to remind yourself. You need to give it a kickstart this morning. Don't let distorted views damage your heart and change your view on God or have you walk out on God. Some of you have suppressed something that happened in your past 10 years or 15 years ago and there's always been a wrong view of God that snuck its way into your heart along this journey that you've been going through and it's secretly been doing damage. And maybe you haven't even realized it and you need to take that and deal with it today and tell yourself that that is not a real view of God. And I am not trying to minimize anyone's pain this morning. Some of you guys have been through some really dark and tough seasons, but your God is so good and he wants to restore your soul from that season that you've been through and show you that there is hope for another day. And so here's today's bottom line that I want you guys to get is that when your heart is unsure, reassure it that God is your shepherd. Say it one more time. When your heart is unsure, reassure it that God is your shepherd. Close with this story. There is a famous actor in London who would fill out theater houses by reciting scripture. And people would come from all over just to hear him speak. And one day, he decided that he was gonna recite Psalm 23. And he did, and all the people were so moved. Everyone stood up and clapped at the end of it. They were just blown away by the way that this man could form his words and move them. And then out of the corner of his eye, the actor saw a pastor in the room, a pastor who had retired, but was really famous in London. And he asked the pastor in front of everyone if he would come up and share the psalm with everyone. And so the pastor agreed, and it took him a little while to come up and get to the stage. And then he got up to the stage, and the actor asked him, if he wanted to read it, and he said, no, I would like to recite it. And the pastor, as he began to recite it, it wasn't as eloquent 
as the actor. His words were stumbling over each other. He would pause at moments to try and remember it. But I think he did it something like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. The pastor stopped right here because he got emotional. He didn't know if he was going to be able to get through the rest of it. But through his tears, he said, my cup, it overflows because you have anointed my head with oil, blown away by God's favor in his life. As he was reciting it, he was thinking about all the times and all the different trials that he had been through in his life. And then he finally got to the end. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Except this time there were no applause. No one was cheering out loud. There were nothing but tears in the audience. And the actor ran back up on stage. And he said, I can recite things really well. I can speak well. But this man... This man knows the shepherd. My prayer for you this morning is that you would know who your God is. That you would know that there's a shepherd who watches over you and is looking over you in the middle of whatever you are going through today. And he loves you so much. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much for your great goodness towards us. Thank you that you watch over us and you protect us today, God. I pray for the person that is in the middle of walking through the valley of the shadow of death today, God. And they're not sure that they're going to make it out on the other end. I pray, God, that you would comfort their heart. I pray that they would know like never before that you are with them. God, when our emotions come after us and our feelings come after us, God, that we would trust on your word and we would stand on it and we would remind our hearts of who you really are, that we wouldn't give up in the middle of our story, that we would hold on to the next chapter that's being written and find that you are a faithful and good God. Pray just healing for those that need their soul restored, that they would go into your presence and that they would find that restoration that only you can bring. Thank you so much for your great love for us, Jesus, that we're never alone. Pray that, God, that we would all have clear view of who you are. In your name we pray.